This episode of the Expat Cast is brought to you by Lingoda. Lingoda is the number one trusted European language school. They offer classes in English, business English, German, French, and Spanish. Lingoda is a fully online language school, and they've been doing it that way for years. And their classes are offered 24-7. So really, whenever you have time, you can sign up for a class that's at the level that you're at. And bada bing, bada boom, you're learning. For me, though, I've, I've been finding it a little hard to stay on top of my French lessons, and I've honestly let a good week go by without taking a class just because I've gotten busy. But Lingoda has a sprint coming up that would actually solve that problem for you because in a sprint, you challenge yourself to complete a certain number of classes per month. You pay a deposit and then a certain fee. But if you meet your goal and you show up to all 15 or 30 classes, you can get either 50% or 100% of your money back. It's a really great way to put some pressure on yourself to make sure you're actually prioritizing language learning and that you don't fall out of the habit, kind of like I have. The sprint is going to be starting on April 28th, and you have until April 16th to sign up. Lingoda was so kind as to offer listeners of the Expat Cast a discount on their deposit. So if you sign up with the discount code EXPATCAST, you can save 10 euros on your deposit fee. Once again, that code is EXPATCAST. Thanks, Lingoda, for partnering with the show. Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. Before we dive into this week's episode, I have one quick announcement, and that is on April 15th at 2 p.m. German time, I'm going to be doing an event with Mitra. They are a company that works with internationals to find and thrive in their careers in Germany, and they do these different webinar series throughout the month where they interview expats who have made their career work in Germany about their experiences, what they learned, what's good to know ahead of time, etc. The event is called Podcasting, Paperwork, and Public Service. So I'll be talking about the show, I'll be talking about my day job, and all of the paperwork horror stories that I've had in my three and a half years in this fine country. So again, if you're interested, that is April 15th at 2 p.m. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Now on to today's episode. You might remember back in December, I went head to head against Sean from the podcast The Germany Experience in something called Segapodfo. That's an acronym that stands for the second ever Germany Expat Podcasters Advent Donation Face-Off. Not always easy to say that, but I did pretty good for after three months of not saying it. Anyway, I competed against Sean to see who could raise more money for the organization Uber den Tellerrand. Collectively, we were able to raise even more than we did in Fegepodpo, the first ever Advent donation face-off. And we were both really thrilled. We had a lot of fun going back and forth and challenging each other to do different things and encouraging our listeners to chip in while also trash-talking each other. It was a blast. However, I, I hate to say it, but... I lost. I raised less money than Sean, and we agreed this year there would be stakes. And the stakes were that the winner got to choose the topic for the Losers podcast for one episode. Sean has been sitting on that with his back pockets these past three months, making me sweat in fear of what he might do. <laughs> and he has come to redeem his prize. I'll let Sean explain what he chose to do with this power. As always, it was a lot of fun getting to talk to Sean. And if this is what losing looks like, call me a loser, because I don't hate it. Let's get to it. Enjoy the episode.
My name is... Oh, this is weird. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> My name is Nicole. I am from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the U.S. I currently live in Freiburg, Germany, and I've lived here for three and a half years. Three and a half years only? I know. I'm, I'm, I'm still relatively fresh. I thought you were, I thought you were longer here. Mm-mm. My gosh. Um, Nicole. Uh, as you can hear, it's not Nicole asking the questions today. It is going to be me, <laughs> Sean, the host of the German Experience, and Victor in the Segi Padfo charity challenge that we did. So, Listeners, he has me tied up. He's taking over my show. I'm, I'm taking over the show. That. This is a sh show takeover. And uh, so so here's the thing. So as part of my prize, and I'm, uh, I'm sure you pro probably, probably explained this in the intro already, but as part of my prize for winning, what we agreed is that I could have a wish for an episode. So I could wish for you to do a specific topic or whatever. And what I wish for is to come on and interview you on your podcast, which is what we're doing right now. So is, is it weird? It's it's weird, but also funny and also just demonstrates one of the many things I find wonderful about you. The way you've claimed <laughs> your prize is by creating more work for yourself. I feel like I'm winning because now I have to do way less prep for this episode of my own podcast. I just got to sit back, relax. You do the hard work. Um, well, and it, well, hey, if this is losing, give me more of it. Well, you're going to lose again this year win. when we do the charity challenge. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll keep, so, if I lose a third year in a row, that'll be why. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be why. I see, I see what's happening here. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, so I, my, my, what I was thinking of when it came down to claiming this prize was what would, what would I want to do? And I thought, I thought of like when I, when I had you on my show, The German Experience, I think it was in 2019, sometime in 2019, you came on and I had to cut some great stories that you had uh, in that show that I really want the world to know. So like, and I've got questions that I want to ask you about your podcast and stuff. So I thought, hey, why don't I invite myself on your show, which I have done, and uh, we turn the mics around, Nicole. We, we t you're behind the mic now, but you're dun, technically dun, always dun. behind the mic. But so, <laughs> so let's let's talk about your podcast. In fact, let's start with the expatcast. And first of all, why did you start it? I'm sure you've explained it somewhere, but what, what, what were the reasons that you started the podcast in the first place? So in 2017, when I moved to Germany, I was doing a one-year-long internship of sorts, and I was working at an American cultural center, specifically in their library. So at the center itself, I was in the staff meetings, and I was learning from this mixture of Germans and Americans living in Germany, how they've made their life, their work, what resources they've learned about. But I was also sitting at the desk at the library and coming into contact with all of these really interesting people who either gave me tips and advice or just by who they were, they gave me a model of the lives I could live here. And they just showed me that it, it can work. It can be okay. So on an emotional level, it was really helpful at a time when I didn't really have my own community yet, just to know that people were out there. Um, and they weren't just Americans coming into the library. It was a more diverse set of backgrounds. And logistically and, and resource-wise, there were things that I was so stressed about getting my visa together, all this stuff. People would be like, oh, don't sweat it. It never makes sense, but it always works. And I remember the first time I encountered this issue of they won't give you a visa without a job contract right. and you won't get a job contract without a visa. Yeah. I was like, oh, what? Oh, my God, this is terrifying and awful. 
everyone was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that happens. This this is how it'll work itself out and whatever. Yeah. And then that happened. You know, it worked itself out just as they said. So I learned a lot through these people. And for me, I'm a librarian by trade and I'm just really driven by community and helping people. And so it felt really not worthless that this information was only going to me, but I, to me, it kind of was. Like, I just was like, if I'm the only person benefiting from this, what's the point of that? Because I'm only getting this experience because of this very specific job I'm in. And there was, you know, an alternate reality where I would have lived in a different town. Um, my boyfriend at the time and I were going to move maybe somewhere along Lake Constance, the Bodensee, where it's oh. just a bunch of tiny villages. Yeah. And there's no international infrastructure. And we didn't move there because I didn't get a job there because I couldn't speak German, which I'm glad because, yeah, because there wasn't much there for someone from the outside like like I was then. And so anyway, I think of that version of events a lot. And I would think if if that had happened, I would be struggling so hard because I'm struggling mm -hmm. now and I have all this help. So right. that's all to say the podcast was born out of this desire to take all this information in, um, digest it and put it back out in a way that would be helpful. And it was also always put out there for the people who don't have other people to turn okay. to and, and other people who do have friends in a community, they can listen too. But at the end of the day, like I'm in it because I want to help the people who don't have resources otherwise yeah and, and why specifically a podcast why why didn't you do a blog or something along those lines have you did you listen to a lot of podcasts yeah yeah i've been i i was listening to podcasts before they were cool me too but not Nicole. for a very were you really yes what year did you start oh god like 2004 2005 okay i think you were just before me because i started listening in i think late 2005 i got a ipod player and it was, the, I, th I think the iPhone didn't even exist then. It was like a literal, literal like iPhone device that I could download things with iTunes and podcasts had just come out a few years ago. And that was when I saw, but it was end of 2005, beginning of 2006. And I might be getting my dates wrong. That might, what I said might be too early, but yeah. <laughs> here's, here's why it's, it, I could be wrong, but I could check it because what I was specifically listening to was one Harry Potter podcast called <laughs> MuggleCast. Yeah, this is why I'm like, don't think I'm ever, don't, no, never think I'm, I did anything cool because I was cool. I was always a nerd. And I, the books were still coming out and these, this podcast was going through and analyzing what might happen and sharing the gossip from the Harry Potter world, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. And I would listen to it on my desktop. I didn't even have a phone or at some point I, I did get an iPod, but yeah, they were really on the cutting edge of that. And I was a big enough nerd that I needed this content. And from then, of course, it grew. Like podcasts yeah. became more and more of a thing. And then when I started my work life, my career, um, that's around the time that Serial came out. And then everyone in the office is listening to a podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, there's so much more than just Harry Potter podcasts. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been a longtime listener of, of podcasts. But what's also important in terms of why I actually started making one is my boyfriend had started his own podcast, bought all this equipment, learned how to make it work. And so it was very easy for me right. to just have this idea and just get to use all of his stuff and all of his knowledge and have to put out none of that effort myself. Oh. And to this day, I'm like, I wouldn't have done it if not for that, because yeah. 
Sean is looking at my setup right now. I'm oh holding God. this People. one thing that should not be held. It's, the rest it's of it's a... held together by rubber bands. <laughs> it really, <laughs> it really is. So, so she, like, she's got a pop filter, but she she has to hold it up the whole time. Like, I'm just looking at this on screen, and it's difficult to watch. I won't lie, this is difficult to watch. So, uh, yeah. So this is just goes to show I don't have it in me to like actually do my research and and buy things that I should buy. So, thank goodness that he had all of this stuff and was really supportive. And as soon as I, I I had the idea and I had the name, I thought it was kind of a snappy name. It is a snappy and name. yeah, it's a little Damn like you. problematic too, but whatever here we are um so so yeah that's how it all kind of came together and it was really early on too like i started working on the show probably i got here august 1st i probably was starting to work on it by november wow Um, so you were just arrived literally and starting the podcast yeah fresh off the boat wow and did it has it changed your life in any way how is it how has the podcast itself influenced your Germany experience. What a plug. What a <laughs> what plug. A, what a plug. I'm a professional. <laughs> well done. I'd be mad, but I can't be because that was smooth. <laughs> um, and a very good question. Uh, it's changed my life in a, a lot of ways. Um, I mean, it gave me permission to talk to people that I wouldn't have otherwise talked to, both in Freiburg and beyond. So at the beginning, these people I was talking to in the library, I mean, some of them are still I never interviewed because I was too shy. Like, we didn't have that connection to say, come to my apartment and talk to me. But some of them, it they did come on the show. And I've always been really inquisitive, but it's not always socially appropriate. So it kind of just gives me an excuse to be socially inappropriate in some ways and just ask invasive questions about people's lives. So I love that. Um, it's It's been my my passion project and what keeps me really going consistently through it all. So I do have a job and I do really like my job, but I've learned a better work-life balance and that goes into your mindset too. It's not just yeah. about signing off at five. It's not letting things at work ruin your day or your week if you can control it. And so for me, channeling a lot of this energy into my free time into this project helps me show up better and in a more healthy way in my day job and in the rest of my life, really. And I've met, I just, I've met so many cool people. Like last summer when we could travel within Germany, sort of, I, I went on a tour of Germany visiting people I met through the podcast. I stayed with a lot of them. I mean, I met you then in person. All of these different like internet friends (laughs) became real life friends. And I have this whole like second community in in Nuremberg now that's all through the podcast. And it's just a really nice warm feeling that I I just feel connected to this place and to the people in a way I really couldn't have otherwise. Yeah. But what is, what are your best because my podcast moments? Like, do you have because of my podcast moments that you're particularly fond of? I mean, there's definitely like there are people who I consider like true good friends and people Mm -hmm. in my life, you know, and um, how do you know them? Oh, because of my podcast. Or Mm -hmm. for instance, one of the coolest things to me is I really found a passion for interviewing people and moderating things. So actually the American Center Cultural Center I used to work for ended up really quickly throwing together a panel about racism from the perspective of Americans living abroad shortly after the murder of George Floyd last year. And they asked me to moderate that. I had 48 hours between being asked and hosting it. Um, And this was in the heat, like this was emotions were at a high on on all fronts. Like the next day was the round of protests in Germany and solidarity. 
Um, so it was a lot of, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I was, it was a lot of pressure and I was really freaked out, but really excited and so honored to be asked. And we've ended up doing so far three of those panels. There might be more. And that is something that they trusted me with because of my podcast, because I had been working on honing the skill of interviewing and they thought I could also moderate a panel of five people online, which was it turns out different than podcasting. It's really hard on a logistical <laughs> level, but I figured it out. And um, that kind of thing I'm really, I care a lot about. And yeah. uh, it's important to me that we have these conversations and to be able to be a part of it in that way has really meant a lot to me. Yeah. So during that uh, episode that I mentioned earlier, when you appeared on the, on my podcast, uh, you, you had some stories that I had to cut from the episode and I need to, now that I've got this opportunity and I'm asking you questions, it's going to go out in a podcast. I have to ask you to, to retell two of these stories, <laughs> but basically the background is you did some work with, uh, Bundesfreiwilligedienst, which is uh, maybe you can just very briefly say what that is. And you mentioned on an episode of yours on your own podcast that it felt like daycare. Um, a lot of the time. So so just, just give me a brief background before I ask for the two stories specifically that I want you to, talk, to tell me. Oh, yeah. So basically what it comes down to is I call it a federally sponsored gap year. And it's it or the origin of it is like it used to be that you had to do a year of military service in Germany. And now you have the choice to do. Well, no, you don't have to do it at all. And one of the alternatives that's offered to you is this I'll call it a bufti. That's what they call the people for short. Um, so I was a bufti. And that is a year-long position typically, or it could be six months, um, depending on your contract. And it's in the social cultural sphere. So a lot of people work in hospitals or retirement communities or American cultural centers. And they are paid very minimal money. Um, and they work full time. And the idea is it's typically teenagers, like 18-year-olds, finishing up school, but they're not sure what they want to do next. Um, it also helps you in your college applications here to have done this. So they do this year, get some work experience, get to figure out what they like and don't like in the career, and then they, they move on. But it is technically open to anyone. So it's open to foreigners and it's open right. to older people. So I, I mean, not that I was so old at the time, but I was 25 and these people were anywhere from 17 to maybe 19 or 20. Right. Kids, um, and that's definitely more the norm and that's who it's for. So the stories we're going to get into are from this aspect of that where um, they send you to seminars, week-long seminars, five times in that year, which I don't think I really knew. Maybe I kind of knew it, whatever, before getting there. And these seminars, I think, are supposed to teach you how, like, you're supposed to learn career skills, life skills, like, it's supposed to support you as you enter the workforce, as you have your first conflicts with your manager or with scheduling or right. whatever. This is a place to learn that kind of stuff. Again, I think that was not my experience <laughs> by a long shot. <laughs> okay. So tell me about these two seminars now, because... The I think the first one was called Drogen mit Uwe, if I remember correctly, which it was, means drugs yes. with Uwe. So just just tell me that story. <laughs> so, right. So at this seminar, I had to stay in a dorm room in this gross building in Karlsruhe, which for the record is my least favorite city in Germany slash maybe the world. Like, sorry, I everyone really in Karlsruhe. Yep, sorry. sorry, but also, yeah. 
It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. You go there, you stay there a week, you eat terrible cafeteria food, and they fill your days with quote unquote seminars, which for me turned into, again, daycare babysitting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Let me just run down some of the activities we did because this will yes, really yes. like wind us up to Drogen mit Uwe. Um, <laughs> we always did a day trip every time. One of those days would be we went to the zoo. We went to the castle in Karlsruhe. We went to, actually, we went to Strasbourg and went to Parliament once, EU Parliament. That was actually really cool. Would highly recommend that that tour. That was the, okay. the best thing we did there. Right. But that would be one day. And then the other days, we would sit around and the guy would, like, sort of say things. I don't know. My German was terrible at the time. I didn't mm-hmm. know what was happening. Um <laughs> And we would do different like activities or have different conversations. For instance, <laughs> okay, again, my German, not so great at the time. Also, this was terribly boring and I didn't care. I was not paying the most attention. So I would just follow other people and just kind of like do whatever the group's doing. And if anyone called on me, I would just figure out something to mumble. Um, and I kind of got away with it because I was foreign and they were trying to be nice to me. <laughs> so one time everyone gathers their stuff and I'm like, what? Okay. So I gather my stuff. We leave the room. We go to the basement. Well, no, we stop off on the main floor, open a closet. There's pillows and blankets and mats <laughs> and everyone takes a pillow and a blanket and a mat. And then we go into the basement where everyone proceeds to roll out their mats, place their pillows and tuck themselves in under the blankets oh and then and we Nicole's had like what the hell is going on here people what is happening <laughs> where right are now? we what are we doing <laughs> um we we took a nap that's what we did okay it happened a couple times that's technically weird. i think it was meditation like someone in the corner <laughs> was reading something but okay. i couldn't really hear them from where i was sitting and it oh was a God. short meditation with a long reflective time afterwards okay. aka it was 45 minutes of a nap and this happened yeah this happened a couple times but i'll never forget the first time because i was like what the actual heck like i love that you just have no idea what's going on like you're just following them to the next (laughs) thing and you're expecting just to be some kind of seminar and then everyone's lying on the floor in sleeping bags going to take a nap it's amazing (laughs) and this happened with the field trips too i never really knew where we were going i would just follow people sometimes they didn't have the right stuff with me because i didn't understand that we were leaving the (laughs) building until we were gone um so this leads me to one time i get to the room the seminar room in the morning and the, nor- the instructor, his name was Wolfgang, um, and Wolfgang, Wolfie, he's sitting there, and he's sitting there next to this guy who's like a little bit beefier, bald. You can tell he's trying to look kind of tough. I think he might have had a tattoo or like a right. piercing. Right. His name was Uwe, and on the board, <laughs> Wolfie wrote, Trogen mit Uwe, drugs, mit- drugs with Uwe. Did you think you're all going to take drugs at this point? <laughs> <laughs> One could only hope at this level of boredom I was at, I was like, hit me with whatever you've Just, got. I don't do, do that like, normally, but I don't do that ever. But in this moment, anything. <laughs> no, no, no. It turned out to be don't take drugs right. with Uva. Right. Uva was a recovered addict and uh. he shared his story. And his approach was very like, I thought I was tough. You think you're tough? I, you, you, sir, you think you're tough. You're not right. shit. And he would go on and like tell his his, his terrible story. His, ter- his story was terrible. I mean, it's, yeah, drugs are not great. Addiction's not, yeah, not great. Yeah. But I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sitting here, I'm 25. Like, 
getting the the scared straight drug talk from a guy named Uva. I was like, no part of me signed up for this. Like, (laughs) what? What? No, this is unnecessary. Everyone loved it, apparently, because afterwards, when Uva left, Wolfie was like, what did you guys think? Really impactful, right? I make sure we do this every seminar. And people were like, people people were like, Wolfgang was a very kind man who was very very easy to kind of blow over so the the students kind of almost like petting a little like patting a kid on the head were like oh yes great job (laughs) and he was like do you want more and they were like oh yes oh yes more of this which brings us to do you remember it i do drogen mit heidi i think it was (laughs) drogen mit heidi (laughs) oh my god different seminar week this was like two or three times after that um (laughs) Heidi took a very different approach she was very wholesome I remember she was part of her thing was like I don't look like someone who would take drugs but I struggled too I remember she she had this backpack full of items and she put them in the center of we were sitting in a circle and she put it in the center and told everyone to take something and then she just sort of blinked at us for a while and then she was like look at the object in your hand we looked down and then she was like the object in your hand shows you what addiction you have or will have or could have. <laughs> <laughs> so the one guy was holding an empty cigarette box. The other person was holding an empty thing of alcohol. Those were straightforward. I was holding a doll right. and I was like, what? And she was like, um, fashion, you have a fashion addiction. And I was like, sorry, look at me. I don't. <laughs> Does it look and she like was I- like... <laughs> She was like, sex. It's a sex addiction. It's a naked doll. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you for that. That's what I wanted. Very so, insightful. This led to a very important moment of learning with the German healthcare system, which is you cannot get out of these seminars. You what? can, however, you can go to your doctor on a Monday morning, go, oh no, I think I might have a cold. I got written out for the whole week. Literally, actually, didn't even see the doctor. I walked in on a Monday morning. The secretary was like, what do you need? And I was like, uh, I guess I need to see the doctor. And she was like, you need to get crank even Like, you need to get a doctor's note that you can't go to work. And I was like, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, if you think so. She was like, how long? And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, Wednesday? And I was like, um... I mean, whatever the doctor thinks I need. Since you're she, suggesting it. She was like, Friday? And I was like, well, I mean, I guess, sure, we'll go with that. So Monday through Friday, I was written off of work, sent that Amazing. off, and did not attend the last seminar because <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah, no, but just enough drogen mid sessions. I know. I was like, I'm, I'm maxed out. I actually remember I, I slept on the floor the night before I went to the doctor because I really didn't want to have to go to the seminar, but I thought I would have to be more convincingly sick. So I thought a bad night's sleep would help, but they didn't even, wouldn't even <laughs> get that care. far. The doctors in Germany do not care. I am amazed, constantly amazed at how easy it is to get Krankgeschrieben. You, you don't, and like, like you actually t- have to haggle them down sometimes. They say yeah. one week and you're like, no, I just need three days. I just want to know like how, you know, it's just yeah. calm down. Yeah. So that was, those were my seminars. And I also like, the first one I went to was, week two or three of arriving in Germany. Like I got there, my work started August 1st and my Mm. first seminar was that second or third week. So I was not, I mean, this is why I have a bad taste in my mouth about the whole thing. And also about Karlsruhe as a city is like, 
I just got shoved into the situation, which was, I knew it was funny at the time, but I was mostly just grumpy. Like I, I had just closed the distance on a relationship. I had just moved to a foreign country. I just wanted to be, I, I didn't have anything that really felt solid and secure in home. Yeah. Like I was building that actively yeah. and I want yeah. it to be in the limited sense of that, that I had, but no, I was shoved into a dorm room with an 18 year old and um, told not to take drugs by both Heidi and Uwe. And also told that you've got a potential sex addiction. And I've got addiction. a sex addiction, which I didn't so, even know about. Well, there you did. You learned something from the seminars, Nicole. Not all was I lost. <laughs> Not all was lost. <laughs> so, um, so you've been in Germany for three years, you said. And I often wonder when I, when I listen to your podcast, where would Nicole be if she hadn't moved here? What do you think was on the cards back home if Germany never happened? I think that is such an interesting question to think about. And honestly, it's I've never thought about it. Um, it and it's difficult to answer. I know it's it's like it's yeah. very difficult to, to know what could have been. But what was but it, like, what, where were you headed? So that's the thing. I think so. My I had this whole plan back then. Like I've grown up in Philadelphia, moved to South Carolina, then moved to Chicago. And I loved Chicago. My time there it was two years of living in a dream. Like okay. life, life itself was very, very hard, but. I was like working five jobs and going to school full time. And I had one day off a month kind of a situation. I had no money. So yeah, things weren't good, but but life was so good that I yeah. was fine with it. And I, I'd had this concept that I was going to keep moving to different regions in the state and just sort of exploring those areas because I always was curious, but I never, I never thought about moving abroad. Like that just seemed, I don't know, it never really occurred to me. So my plan was to move to like, Denver or Seattle or something. But I remember actually back then looking at jobs there and starting to look into those cities and being like, I mean, they seem fine, but I'm just so happy in Chicago. But if I stay here, I'm just going to settle. And I always was so afraid of settling because I grew up in this suburban area that just really didn't suit me. And I, I had a hard time seeing that people chose that life. I thought everyone just got sucked into it and got stuck there. And I, mm. I was so afraid of that happening. So I thought I can't stay in Chicago, even though I'm happy here and I have great friends here and I love it here because I need to keep going because I need to keep challenging and, and learning and whatever. So but I had this inkling of like, but but I like it. So what if I just stayed? Mm -hmm. So at the time, though, I had um, been dating my boyfriend at the time for two years long distance and he was in Germany. I was in the US. And so I went the other route and went moved to Germany. But that's something I've noticed in myself here is that I really, as much as I love to travel and explore and learn new things, I don't need to keep relocating to do that. Like I'm learning that it's not settling in a bad way to stay somewhere that you love. You know, I think I'm just sort of aging out of this commitment life that I was living for a while. Mm -hmm. And I think I was starting to age out of that when I was back in Chicago. So to come back to your question, I think I might have stayed in Chicago. I think my easy answer that I always give is like, oh, I was going to move anyway. But if I really look at it, you made me think. And I was like, you know what? I think I think I would have stayed mm -hmm. and I probably would have been really happy. And um, but I would have been working a lot. And I think it would have been hard for me to feel like I didn't experience more yeah. in life before I settled into a career. But I don't know. So I think I would have stayed in Chicago. I think I would I would have been happy, but I would have been fearful that that happiness was a sacrifice in okay. some way. Yeah. And it's amazing to think that you would have missed out on this whole cultural experience of learning a new language, of uh, adapting to a culture if you'd, if you'd just stayed in Chicago. That's amazing to think. 
Yeah, because so much of that suits me so well. And I think I make the most sense to myself now. Like there was always something about me that I just felt like I never fit in. Mm -hmm. Even when I was in a room full of people who I loved and I felt good about. Like I just, like I don't know. I just had this feeling like like part of me just didn't make sense mm -hmm. to me. <laughs> and to mm -hmm. other people too. I, I'm certain of that. I've gotten that feedback. <laughs> so you know, this move being here, just like so many things have clicked into place. And um, yeah, I I just, I don't know what it would have been like to keep feeling like a black sheep in so many ways. Right. Whereas now I'm like definitely a black sheep, but it's clear to me and everyone else. And when I go back and I don't fit into life <laughs> and communities, I have something to blame it on because <laughs> there's some things like reusing the containers that your takeout food comes in in the US, I did that all the time and it was kind of annoying for people around me because I would make a big deal out of it and no one else does that really. And so <laughs> their level of environmentalism just like didn't jive with mine and I was the weird one for no right. reason. And so I was, it was like kind of rude if I insisted on something or it just, I don't know, just rub people the wrong way sometimes. And I wasn't radical with it and I wasn't even doing enough back then, but yeah, just the way I was trying to live didn't quite work. and and. Mm -hmm. It still doesn't when I go back, but now people are like, oh, well, it's because of Germany. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, sure, we'll go with that. Like, yeah. that's a much more, it yes, makes it more is. sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, maybe you've already kind of answered this, but I'm I'm going to ask you anyway, What what is keeping you here in Germany now? So many things. I mean, on a very basic level, I did just get my life in order when reasons to leave presented themselves. So shortly after I'd finally settled into my job and gotten into a good rhythm with life, found good friends, I went through a breakup. So that was pretty, you know, earth shattering in many ways. And mm -hmm. I didn't actually consider leaving at the time, but in retrospect, I, I definitely could have. Um, but the reason I didn't think about it really was because I had these other things in life that were good and that were set up. And then came the pandemic. And that's, again, a reason to relocate if you really were on the fence anyway. Didn't even cross my mind. Of course, I'm staying here. So on a very basic like timeline level, it was because of my job and because of the financial security I'd been given and my community here and the podcast, all these kind of things. But in a larger sense, you know, because at any moment I could choose to move back or move anywhere else. And yeah, it's exactly this, this concept of being and owning being different. Um, right. My differentness makes so much sense to me here. And Germany has been so good to me and for me, like I'm a better person for living here. I've learned so much from the way people live here. And I've gotten to teach them some things too. And I, I like that exchange. It's uncomfortable in a way that feels comfortable to me. Um, and a lot of little things, like a lot of little things about Germany I just really like, but it just, I don't really, I think my question is more like, why would I move back to the US? Like right. there would have to be a selling point. It's it's not a given for me. It would have to be a reason that made sense to me. And I don't currently have that. I mean, previously, honestly, the political situation was a huge turnoff. There was no way I was moving back to Trump's America. Things are different now, but not better and I'm just not enough of I guess a fighter to to want to go back and fight firsthand you know to make it yeah. better like I, I do want to help make it better but I think I can do that from afar and until it's a place that offers me more mm. 
it's just not really in the cards for me. Wow. Very interesting, Nicole. So on that note, I think the way that you always do this, if I remember correctly, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, is like, let's round it up and head for home or something. <laughs> it's a baseball <laughs> metaphor, which I don't even know baseball, let's, but yeah, yeah. You, let's you round it up right. and head for home. And we're going to play a game called Suck, 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 where you have to answer some uh, three quick, quick fire questions that I'm going to ask you. So are you ready, Nicole? No, but let's do it. Let's do it. So first of all, I must ask you, what are you currently reading? Oh, oh my gosh. Very excited you asked this. Um, I recently, or well, before Corona, so not so recent anymore, found at a used book sale my favorite book from middle school, which is, uh, it was a series called Sammy Keys. She's a girl who wears high tops and skateboards around and solves crimes. Cool. So I bought whatever copy they had at this book sale and recently decided I needed to reread it. And boy, is it a great decision. I really? love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And this next question is, what is your most used emoji? Oh, I think it's the sweating one where the person's like smiling and there's like one bead of sweat coming That's down. That's mine as well. That's yeah. exactly, I love that. And I never see enough people using it. And I'm like, this is kind of, I didn't realize that about you, but I'm like, this is my, this is yes. my favorite one because it just, it kind of says like a nervous laugh sometimes like, <laughs> you know, with this little yeah. sweat running down. This yeah. is why we click. I think of it as just kind of like a, <laughs> like nervous <laughs> exactly. shrug laughter. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing, but okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, we have, we have a common emoji love. Okay. Okay. Look at that. And the last question, uh, Nicole, is what's your favorite German word? Um, okay, so it is Gewerbegebiet. Gewerbegebiet. <laughs> <laughs> Gewerbegebiet. Or, or, because I did recently give that answer on um, Transatlantic Overload with um, oh, I haven't Stephanie. listened to that yet. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. just came out and she also asked me this and I gave that answer there. So if we want to keep it fresh, the other one I love, I think this is maybe a bodish thing, but there is an, a knitting, no, a, a sewing store in Freiburg called the Nähledle. <laughs> 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 because knitting is Nähen and Laden is a store, but in bodish, they make it cute and, and they call it a Ledle. <laughs> or la yeah, I guess so. Nee and then they put it together. It's a nailedle. Nailedle. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> okay. So yeah, Nicole, that's it. I just wanted to say thanks for letting me come on your show. I mean, I did earn it by winning by by winning the Seggy Padvo challenge. So, um, but it it was it was fun. I really just wanted to have this talk with you and uh, ask you these questions and and uh, hopefully there's some stuff here that people don't know from your podcast. Thanks for choosing this of, of all the things you could have chosen. You could have, I think, I, I think you know enough about certain things that I really hate that you could have made me do a topic yes. that I really hate. And I yes. appreciate you didn't do that. I think this was a lot of fun. I think you did a great job Aww. hosting my show. Um, and normally this is the part where I ask people to tell us where they can find them, but they're listening to my show, so they found me. But can I? <laughs> where where can do you I... find the expat cost? Right here in my ears. <laughs> here, I guess. But <laughs> if I can pull the host hat back for just a quick sec and have right. you plug your stuff, that would be Ooh. really cool. I um, I do know that I've got two podcasts now. I've got two podcasts. So the one is the Germany Experience, which is one that you've been a guest on before. And uh, we're rivals. So the expat cost and the Germany Experience are longtime rivals since 2019. 
even though you did get to the territory first. I'm, I did, uh, we, we, we're rivals. And then I've just started a German podcast called Die Deutsche und der Ausländer, where it's in German and I discuss some quirks of Germany and uh, life here with the German, in German. So it's literally in German. Brave. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, my I German's terrible. It is so difficult to listen to. When I hear it back, I'm like, oh my God, why am I doing this? <laughs> and how do people listen to me on a daily basis? It's just terrible. <laughs> it is terrible. I'm sure it's fine, but I know the pain of editing your own voice and I've gotten yeah. over it on English, but anytime I say a German word and I edit it, I, oh, yeah. I cringe. Oh, so God. good on yeah. you for pushing through that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of my challenge to myself to get, to, yeah. cause I've been here for 13 years and my German is just stagnated. So I needed something to kind of kick it to the next level. Being such a good Ausländer. Yeah, I'm trying. Go. I'm trying. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Nicole. Thank you for having me on my show. <laughs> Normally, I thank the guest at this point. So uh, thanks me for being such a great guest. Just kidding. I'm going to go ahead and thank the host of this week's episode, Sean. Thanks for using your power so kindly. It was a funny little role reversal, and it was cool to get into some of these topics that we haven't gotten to talk about on my show yet. If you want more of Sean, I highly recommend his podcast, The Germany Experience, as well as his new show that he mentioned. I'll link to both in the show notes, as well as his social media channels. It was only appropriate that this episode came out on April Fool's Day. I hope you all have a great April Fool's Day with just the right amount of pranking and jokester funness. I want to thank, as always, Amy Lungi Art for the podcast logo and Sidehug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. On Thursday, I'll be back in your feeds with an episode about pregnancy, birth, and having a young child in Germany. Until then, have a wonderful week. Stay healthy and stay safe. Bis dann. Tschüss.